one of the things I tell most people is to really think of dating as a skill rather than as just like something that happens. And so we're a lot more open to learning about a skill and getting better at it rather than internalizing that, oh, okay, we must be like undesirable or something. There's something not working with dating or apps. You know, we hear people complain about all of these things in the process. But if you think of it as like a skill, it's a lot easier to not say, oh, it's me. Like people just don't like me or want me. It's more like, oh, okay, I kind of have to learn how to put who I am out there for the right person to attract the right person. Welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. I'm May Bugenhagen, your host for the day. I am the owner of two Asian matchmakers, helping men all across the U.S. who want to meet Asian women. And I always love inviting different guests on my show. And today is no different. I have the lovely Dr. Christy Kadarian, who is a nationally renowned relationship expert who specializes in helping clients create lives that they love and find love they deserve. With an extensive career as a professional matchmaker and relationship expert for eHarmony and Match.com affiliate company, Christy has helped thousands of people create lives they love and find love they deserve. Welcome to the show, Christy. I will, of course, have all your contact info in the show notes. But yeah, tell me a little bit about you. I know also in the bio that I did not read, you are a triple, what do you call it? Triple Trojan. Trojan. So tell me about your triple Trojan experience and how that education led you to become a matchmaker and relationship expert. Uh, thanks, May. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so a huge part of my interest in dating and relationships really started at a young age. My cultural background is Armenian and uh, my faith background is as a Christian. And both of those cultures are really centered around like relationships, community. So when I studied, um, so my um, career and academic career started at USC as in undergrad and I studied psychology. Um, I took a course and did some research in marriage and family therapy. And what I learned there just really clicked because it was about how our relationships really impact our identity and who we are um, as people and then how we connect and just find meaning in the world. So from that point, I was just fascinated by the topic, uh, got my master's also at USC, um, started working in the matchmaking uh, world and now kind of blend both the therapy and more of like the strategy to help singles um, in their search for finding love. So I'm constantly fascinated by the combination of what I call like the art and science of finding love. Like there is research, there is so much that we can learn from, um, that field as far as kind of like why people stay together, why certain people are compatible and others aren't. Uh, and also there's this kind of mysterious piece that we can't always define, which is that, you know, art and like, oh, okay, what really happens here? That's like magic or chemistry that we can't always define. So um, I really kind of help to teach and um, kind of demystify, but also help people stay hopeful because they feel more empowered in, in their dating life. Were you a single woman when you were at USC? Were you mm -hmm. coming through the ranks as a single person and knowing what you yeah. know now, like what is the top piece of advice you would give to the single women out there looking yeah. for love? 
Totally. So I was kind of the quintessential, like focusing on my academics, focusing on my career. And then the first time I downloaded a dating app was the day before I started working at eHarmony. And I thought, well, I probably should figure out how these dating apps work. Uh, so me and a few of my, my friends downloaded um, dating apps and what, and I kind of went through a parallel process early on in matchmaking with my clients. So I'd kind of go on dates for, for my clients during the day, learn like about just dynamics and from working with so many people, learning how it, the process works in modern dating and then apply it to my own life. So I was on and off apps for around like five years um, before I met my husband. And so a lot of what I teach is kind of a combination of like my background as a therapist, but also just like my own life and experiences and what I've gone through and then helping people just kind of overcome that. So one of the things that I always tell, um, and I mostly work with um, a lot of women, but one of the things I tell most people is to really um, think of dating as a, a skill rather than as just like something that happens. And so we're a lot more open to learning about a skill and getting better at it rather than internalizing that, oh, okay, we must be like undesirable or something. There's something not working with dating or apps. You know, we hear people complain about all of these things in the process, but if you think of it as like a skill, it's a lot easier to not say, oh, it's me. Like people just don't like me or want me. It's more like, oh, okay, I kind of have to learn how to put who I am out there for the right person to attract the right person. So once you kind of have that reframe, it you start to see the process more as like, okay, this is a journey and um, it's either going to work with this person or not. And so you won't see it so many things as a failure. It's just like all part of the process. I believe that. I believe that dating is a skill. I mean, you weren't just born with it, right? You didn't just <laughs> come out of high school and know how to date, how to talk to women, how to follow up with women, how to woo them and all that stuff. Now, mm -hmm. what was interesting, Christy, was you mentioned that it took you five years of online dating before you found your husband, right? So yeah. what is the average time that people are on the dating apps before they find someone that they can say, we're in a long-term relationship with or boyfriend, girlfriend, usually? Yeah. I don't know if they actually have statistics on that. I think every app is probably different and it's sometimes hard to track because people might not, they might not, you know, <laughs> give the app that information, but I know some research that came out, especially post COVID, like in 2021, um, that dating online dating became the number one way to meet people. And previous to that, uh, the number one way was to meet through friends. So now people are meeting online more than ever and more and more people people are in long-term relationships and marriages from using the app. So I will say that it is a lot more common um, for people to meet through apps than it ever has been, obviously, in history. And similar to what you've said, um, you know, dating didn't even really exist for most cultures and, most, you know, most time period, that wasn't a thing. So it's kind of like a new thing that we're learning about. Um, and so I think one of the things that I like to empower people with using online dating is if dating is a skill, online dating is the tool. So it's really about using the tool in the right way to get the result that you want. Um, 
and most of the time people think, oh, I should just, you know, show up on a date and know what to do, or I should just, you know, download an app and, you know, let it, let it run. Um, but it really is something that you want to learn about from experts and people that know about that. Similar to like, if you're trying to grow on social media, like you want to learn about the algorithm, you want to learn about what to do in order to have the right people see your content or whatever that is. So it's the same with dating apps. We have to know, okay, this is the right photo to use versus that one or what, how, how to have a conversation to get to a date. All of these things are things that you can learn um, and not to stay stuck in like, oh, I, it must be me. Okay. So that's the top piece of advice you would give women out there is to have the mindset that, hey, dating is a skill. So embrace it mm-hmm. and wrap your arms around it and trying to get better at it. Right. So that kind of takes the pressure off of oh, it's just me. I'm just a horrible person. No one wants to date me. So, okay, got it. Got it. Now, what are some of the things that you teach your women to look for in a partner? Mm -hmm. So what I really help women um, and the Arbanel clients to do is to really prioritize like what's most important to you. A lot of people are concerned with um, this notion of like settling, like, okay, I don't want to settle or, um, and what I always say is like, you want to define like what that means to you. And for me, um, from kind of having a career where I saw a lot of couples initially and like couples therapy that needed a lot of help or support to make their relationship work. One of the things that I think people, don't understand about that notion of settling is that it's not about them not checking a box um, that you had on your long list of things that you want in a partner. It's more about how somebody treats you. And oftentimes people are so much more um, okay with settling when someone's not treating them well as a partner, like they're okay to have, be not, you know, have someone not be kind to them or generous or whatever those things are that are important to them. And, but at least they're, you fit this profession, or at least they are this tall. And (laughs) the reality is that's the true settling. That's where, what you don't want to settle on, um, are like the core values and how you, you're treated and how you feel around the person, what you might compromise or prioritize less is what I'll say, um, are those other things that maybe were important to you at some point, but you realize that other things are more important to you. So that's a big reframe that I think a lot of people, um, don't think about. And the other thing that I often tell clients is not to reinvent the wheel. So, Sometimes people think like, oh, I should really give this person a a chance, even though I'm not attracted at all to them. Can't see myself be attracted to them. Like it's just totally, completely the opposite of my type or anyone I've ever been attracted to. So what I encourage clients to do is to not try to do something completely different because sometimes they'll force themselves and the person you're dating or that is that person for you, they don't want to feel like you're forcing yourself to give them a chance. They want to feel valued and attracted to and all of those things too. So I would say kind of go where your natural inclinations are. And if you can sense already from looking at someone's profile that even if they're really funny and their personality is different, you just would never be attracted to them. Don't force yourself um, because I think it it increases that feeling of discouragement that we get with dating. Like, oh, it's still not working out. Um, And it just like decreases your excitement, which you really need when you're early in the process to get that momentum going. 
So you're saying if someone is normally not your type physically, don't force it. Don't force it just because you're trying to do something different because in the long run, it usually doesn't work out and then you'll be discouraged in dating. Yeah. So, um, what, and it's also a little bit more than like just physical. It's like, okay, sometimes you'll see someone's profile and be like, okay, if I met this person when I was out, like maybe I would give them a shot. I don't think I'm that physically attracted to them, but I don't know. Then it's worth it to kind of explore. Um, but there are some people that you'll see on an app that you just would never be attracted to, um, for various reasons. It might just be the type of person they are. It might be physical. Um, there might be a you know a variety of reasons, but yeah, not to force that piece because you know that, okay, I, I'm, I'm usually never attracted to someone at this, um, height. So why am I going to waste my time if I know that there are people I am attracted to and I can build from there? Yeah. So you've been in the online dating business for a while, but what if somebody doesn't want to do online dating? What if they're like, so anti they're not good on, not good in photos. They're not good at emailing people. Like they're just horrible. They know online dating isn't for them. How would those people meet people in real life? Yeah. So there's a lot of ways that you can still meet people. What I say is sometimes people think that it's easier to meet people offline, uh, but the reality is it might not be easier because you might not be meeting the right people because with online dating apps, it kind of vets out at least a few things for you. Um, so one of the things obviously that I recommend is looking into matchmaking, um, because with that, it's like you're outsourcing your dating life essentially, and someone can do those that, um, the groundwork for you, and then you can just go on the dates. Um, but I really recommend that for people who've already kind of been out there. I've seen who's out there because sometimes people can get like a little bit of magical thinking about matchmaking, like, oh, we can just come up with someone out of thin air that I never, you never would have seen otherwise. And um, the reality is probably the people that you would meet through matchmaking are also online dating because they're looking for the right person. So I think there's a lot less stigma about it, but that's one of the reasons that I really kind of teach people how to fish, so to speak, rather than just giving them the fish with matchmaking, because um, then you're get you're gaining the skills as well that are important. Because even if we give you like the most amazing match that you're attracted to, if you don't have those skills, then you're not going to make that relationship last. And I've seen that a lot in um, my career as well. But I think it's definitely worth exploring if you just feel like, okay, I cannot do the online dating thing. And I don't want to learn it. Um, most of my clients, which I love and appreciate, is that they're very growth-minded. So they always want to learn and improve. And this is just another skill to pick up. It's kind of like, oh, you know, none of us like using social media technology. You know, there's the new, there's a new app now. Um, you know, there, it's, it is kind of overwhelming and we all do it because we know that there's that connection or we're going to learn or whatever it is. So it's almost like the benefits can often outweigh the cost. So if you meet your person, you're going to be like, yeah, it was worth going through those profiles and those bad dates because I met my person. Do you think um, everyone who, do you think single people who are doing online dating really need to put time aside like every day to go on the app? Is it like one hour, two hours? Is it 15 minutes? Like how much of an investment should they put into online dating? Yeah, I think one of the things is 
um, that I always teach is if you're doing it the right way, it shouldn't take that long. So one huge mistake that pretty much everyone that ever comes to work with us is making on their dating profile is that they don't have the right filters on their profile. And there may be, they maybe need to pay for like a premium on a profile. You know, most of them are not too expensive to get those right matches. Because if you're just swiping with no filters on it, you might as well just go to a bar and see if someone's single. That's kind of the reality. So that goes back to using the dating app the correct way. Um, but what we recommend to our clients is that you swipe once you have all the right filters, your profiles completely optimized for the type of person you're looking for. We recommend swiping, kind of blocking out at least like 15 minutes um, in the morning and in the evening. So you swipe for one kind of block of time and then you answer messages or connect with people like maybe, maybe later in the day. Um, and then having at least like two nights a week available for like either a FaceTime or a date. Um, so usually I recommend that dates happen when you're most energized. So ideally not like after a long work day or whatever, like if you know the time that you're most like engaging, you can really be your best self, then blocking out that time for a date is most ideal. So, um, I, most single people maybe like three to five hours a week, um, towards dating. And it really recommends, it depends on your goals. Like if you're like, okay, I need to find the right person yesterday. Maybe you want to invest a little bit more time, but you don't want to burn out because when you burn out on the apps or on dating in general, that's when you just give up on the whole thing. It's like the gym memberships, right? Like we all go there on January 1st, we're going every day and then we injure ourselves and we're out for the next six months. So you don't want it to be that. You want it to really be integrated into your life so that you're able to see the right person when they come across your path. Now, do you have a niche on who you work with? You said Christian and what else? What was your other part? Yeah. So we, um, our group program is really for single successful women. Um, but on the individual basis, we really focus on, um, working on more customized, but some people that are more drawn to our work are Christian. We work with Armenian singles when it comes to matchmaking as well. Um, and then our team also focuses on males individually, um, so we do more like coaching and some therapeutic work there too for some of the deeper processing. So someone has to be Christian when they come to you? Is that? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. We work with everybody, but specifically a lot of people are drawn just because of my own background. <clears throat> Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. So dating within your cultural background, are there pros and cons in your opinion? Yeah. So I think it really depends on your preferences. Um, one of the things that I always say is that a lot of times um, connecting with people can be challenging enough trying to kind of say, explain your family or your culture or background. Um, so that's, I think, why a lot of people like to um, date similarly. But I think one of the things that I always recommend someone looking for is someone who appreciates your culture and um, and whatever's important to you, that they're very curious about that. So it really depends also on your own um a relationship with your cultural background, you know, maybe you're kind of differentiated um, and so that you don't have so much connection um, and, or maybe you do really connect with certain values and customs and traditions. So being really clear for yourself so you're able to translate that to a potential partner and that there is that respect and value for those differences and that there's space for, to tolerate those differences as well. Yeah. So is your husband Armenian and Christian as well? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 My husband's um, half Armenian actually and half Polish and, um, but definitely like as far as like our cultural um, backgrounds, I was raised a lot more like in the traditions and everything than he was. So that was part of uh, kind of our integrating our families and, and customs, even like with our son, like doing certain traditions that, you know, his family didn't necessarily do growing up, but then he really enjoyed and valued that I had more of that connection and that we're able to kind of bring that into our family too. Um, so yeah, that was something that was important to me. And one thing I always say is like, if you have a cultural preference, you also have to consider all the other preferences that you have as well and figure out, you know, what's most important to me. So I was pretty open, um, at that time in my dating, like I wasn't only, um, dating people that were from the Armenian background, um, but my faith was really primary for me. So it just kind of happened that, um, we met and he was also Armenian. Um, but I was really open. So I was dating people from all cultural backgrounds because my faith piece was more important to me. So it's kind of like, if you know that you're attracted to or want a certain cultural background, you may want to and have to like adjust other things you're looking for um, or distance or those sorts of things. And that's one thing I definitely work with Armenian singles on when it comes to matchmaking, like because we're such a uh, small community, like you definitely have to open up other preferences. If you want, you know, an Armenian single that's a certain height, lives five minutes away from you, has a, you know, degree from Harvard and whatever, you're just, there's just not that quantity of people. So you have to be willing to um, adjust other preferences as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So attachment and compatibility, how are they connected, if anything? Yeah, well, definitely um, with attachment research, we want to think about when you know yourself really well, your upbringing, your relationship with your family of origin, that is really going to inform who you're attracted to and what you're looking for from who you're attracted to. So for the quintessential example is someone who's more anxiously attached when they're, when they were a kid, maybe there was some misattunement to their needs. They weren't sure if their parent was available um, to them. And when they're an adult, what happens is they really play out that by trying to get the approval of someone who's not readily giving that to them. So that's where people who are anxious can often be attracted to people who are more avoidant because the anxious person's used to trying to get someone's attention to prove that they're really worthy. So when that ties to compatibility, um, the piece that we pay attention to is how secure are you feeling in your interactions with that person? If someone's really avoidant, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person or a bad partner, but they might not be the right fit for you because of your deeper needs and some of what you experienced growing up. So just having that awareness early on in dating can make sense to you as far as compatibility goes. If like someone's not answering your texts and they're very flaky, they're not committing, that's probably triggering a lot for you um, that they might not be the right fit because we're not going to try to change them to be the right fit because that's what someone who's more anxious might try to do. Rather, you want to connect with someone who is secure, who's there, who's present. Uh, but sometimes the problem is that you won't be as attracted to you. There's not that spark because you're not trying to gain that. So you just want to pay attention to have a lot of awareness of your own experiences so that you're um, building and fostering the relationship with the right type of person. Do you have every client take some kind of quiz to figure out where they are and what they need and who they should be looking for? 
Yeah, we have them take the attachment quiz, which I can um, send if you want to link it below. But most of the time, it's really kind of a self-assessment. So if you learn about the different attachment styles, you can usually put yourself somewhere um, in one of the categories. The way I like to view it is it's more on a spectrum. So like you're less like, okay, I'm only anxious. And you're more like, okay, I'm kind of anxious, but I also am like kind of secure. And just knowing that certain relationships can, can kind of divert you into other ways too. The best way to make sure you're building a secure relationship is to date someone that's secure. Did you, were you surprised when you took the quiz where you fell in that spectrum? No, I always knew that I was more anxiously attached. Uh, yeah. And what's interesting about like uh, attachment research too, is that um, the only pairing that you really want like a beware sign around is someone who's like really anxious and then someone who's really avoidant. But if you're similar, like you're both anxious, you and your partner tend to be both anxious. The research shows you can build towards security together. And if you're more, both of you are more avoidant, you can build towards security together. It's that like polarity relationship that causes all the problems. And that's also the relationship that's represented in all the romantic comedies that <laughs> we love watching and idolizing. So right, beware. Right. I know it's like the movies and all the Disney stuff. It just kind of messes with our minds. Like it's like, reality is not like that when we're dating. So yeah. Exactly. So, uh, tell me what age range of the women do you predominantly work with? Like what, how would people find you and how would they get in touch with you and who are you looking for out there to work with? Yeah. So in our group program, we're working with women anywhere from like their thirties to late forties, early thirties to late forties. Um, and th these are the people we're kind of diving into the deeper stuff, attachment, their personality type, their parental relationships, how all of those create what we call the dating blueprint. And from that point, we're kind of telling them, okay, this is the right app to be on. This is the type of person to look for. These are the questions to ask. This is how to know that the right the right fit. And so we kind of give them that roadmap, um, the 10 days to soulmate roadmap is what we call it. Um, so that's like our primary program. Um, and then our individual offerings, like I mentioned, Armenian singles, um, we provide matchmaking for, and then we provide VIP individual dating services uh, for men and women. And I usually hang out on Instagram, mostly at the date Dr. Christie, but you can find all this info at therapyfordating.com. Very nice. So what would you say the best part of your job is? I love going to my clients' weddings. I was just at one uh, last month, I think it was. Yeah. So that's like my favorite. <laughs> just love when they're getting married or, um, you know, I get that invitation in the mail or see the photos. It it just brings so much fulfillment to my life. And especially I had some clients that have babies now, and that's like my all-time favorite too. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, what would you say would be the most challenging part of doing what you do? Yeah, I think it's the most challenging and the most motivating is that there's not a, one, a cookie cutter thing. Like there's not one size fits all in anything. So I try to give as much education as possible. And there's always that kind of like outlier situation. But what I always want to empower clients with is that awareness about themselves, about their partner, uh, who they're dating so that they can go into their relationships feeling empowered rather than feeling like, oh, I'm not really sure. Is this the right person? you know, do they love me? Like all those questions. I want them to feel really confident and empowered in their process and, and in their future relationship. So that's really where I focus on that 
feeling of like, okay, you know what? It does take some work, but when you're successful, it's going to be worth it rather than what are we often think about dating is it should just magically happen. And we don't think that about anything else in life. So kind of helping people understand like, okay, we'll take some work, but when you have the right relationship, that's going to make everything in your life right as well. Now, what would your one advice be for women or men out there that are kind of shy, introvert, like how, what kind of dating tip would you give them? Yeah, what I would say is really start small. So it could be just like if asking a friend, like, you know, that you're, you really trust, like, do you know anyone single that you can set me up with? Um, and I personally, you know, I've been uh, on my little soapbox about dating apps that I, I love dating apps for introverts because it gives you that like buffer to allow your true self to show up before you have to show up on a first date and be all nervous and let that like kind of, um, block the, the real you from showing up. So I think it's definitely worth trying, um, and just picking the right app. So, um, I have one of my, um, uh, free freebies is our free quiz. So that's a great quiz you can take to know, discover which dating app is right for you. And so that's a good place to start to say, okay, this is more of my personality. This is what I enjoy doing, which app should I try? And just starting there. Good, good. Okay. One last question before I let you leave. How do you advertise yourself online? What's the best way to promote what a great person you are? Because your aunt or your grandma or your mom, or your dad might know how great you are, but how would you suggest someone advertise themselves? Yeah. So you mean like on the dating apps or just yeah. in general? Yeah. So what I would say is what you want to focus on are photos, especially that really um, express like who you are and what you do. So you want that kind of, you know, collage of this is who I am and focus less on, okay, I'm going to, um, put my best foot forward and focus more on like being who you really are. Because sometimes, especially with women, they're like, you know, I, I love a good filter or a nice like makeup thing. But what if those are the only photos you're showing and then you show up on a date and someone's like, oh, that doesn't look like you. Um, it's not helping you get a second date. Right. I often get that from a lot of people like, why didn't I get a second date? Well, your photos don't really look like how you look every day. So it's more about focusing on like your best self and also your values. When you're creating a profile, you want to really think about it like a cover letter rather than a resume. So it's like, if I was applying to that one job, what would I highlight instead of here's everything I've ever done <laughs> when you send a resume? So think of that on your dating profile as well. When you're creating that profile, think what would my ideal future partner really love and value? You know, they'd be adventurous. Okay, I'm going to put a photo about that. They would value this. Okay, I'm going to show that I'm volunteering. So really think about it in that way um, rather than like, how am I going to get the most people to like me? It's not a popularity contest. It's more like we just want one right one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today, Dr. Christie. And I put all your contact information below. And ladies, if you're out there, would love for you to fill out a profile with me at twoasiamatchmakers.com. And men, if you're looking for lovely Asian women or need extra help with dating, I would love to help you find somebody. So go to twoasiamatchmakers.com. And thank you everybody for joining me on the Asian Dating Podcast. And I will see you next time. Thank you, Dr. Christy. Thanks, May. Bye.